Hello and welcome to Fibber McGee and Molly from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. The makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat present Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn, with songs by the King's Men and music by Billy Mills Orchestra. The show opens with O.G.O. Joy. Is there sabotage in your garage? You know what I mean? Like the rest of us, you're probably not driving your car as much now as you used to, and it sits around in your garage a lot of the time. But even though you don't use it much, you want to be sure the finish isn't deteriorating by occasionally cleaning and polishing it with Johnson's Car New. If you take care of the finish with Car New, your car is still going to be new-looking with its original showroom shine when it goes back into full service. Fortunately, Car New costs very little, and it's very easy to use because it cleans and polishes in one application, and in quick time, too. You don't have to spend an afternoon polishing your car with car new. Many car owners tell us they do the job in an hour. Even if it takes you a little longer, you'll say it was a job well done, time well spent. If you want added protection for the finish, if you want to save on car washing, try adding a coat of Johnson's Auto Wax or regular Johnson's Wax. But first, clean and polish it with Johnson's Car New, spelled C-A-R-N-U. There's a mouse at 79 Wistful Vista. There's also a slight uproar on account of said rodent. And where there's a slight uproar, there's Fibber McGee and Molly. Now do something, McGee. Hurry, I can't stand up here on this table all afternoon. Okay, but what do you want me to do? Lie down in front of the baseboard and switch my tail and meow? No, but carry more so I can get down. Oh, all right. Go ahead. Shoo! Shoo! How's that? Well, that ought to do it. Now, help me down, please. All right. Come on. Step on the chair, and then I'll put it to it. Imagine that. Takes me three careful steps to get down, and I went up in one graceful bound. <laughs> Heavenly days, what a fright I had. Now, I don't know why women are so scared of mice. Mice don't hurt anybody. Why, when I was a kid, I had white mice for pets. And I always... Ah! Get him off me! No! Get him off me! He's gone! No! no. <laughs> Stop jumping around. That wasn't a mouse. Your garter's dangling. <laughs> <laughs> Must have busted it when I peeked under the Davenport. <laughs> hey, we got a mouse trap? No, I don't think we have. I'll uh, have the hardware store send one over. Give me the phone. <laughs> Hello, operator. Give me the hardware store next door to Merck. How are you, Merck? <laughs> How's every little thing? Says, eh? What time, Merck? Your brother. Blew his brains out. Oh, heavenly days, how terrible. Oh, he does it every night. He's learning to play the tuba. <laughs> what time, Mert? <laughs> okay, I'll call later. Say, how does it happen that whenever you get Mert, you don't get the number you're calling, McGee? Uh, shall I call her back and ask no, her? No, no, not that. 
Now, let's see. How can I get that mouth? Hey, we got any sardines? Yes, I think we have a couple of tins. But do mice like sardines? I don't know, but I do. (laughs) I thought I'd make myself a sandwich and think this thing over. (laughs) Oh, no, you don't, dearie. The first thing on your program is get rid of that mouth. Well, mice are pretty smart little reptiles, so I gotta figure this thing out careful. But I'll outwit the little beggar. When I really map out a campaign, I'm invisible. You're what? Invisible. Nothing can beat me. You mean invincible. I do not. Invincible means something you can't see. Like the invincible man. No, that's invisible. Oh, yeah? Well, where's the dictionary? In the hall closet. You win. I'll concede it. (laughs) Now, the first thing to do is figure out where that mouse was coming from and where it was going. Then we can waylay him someplace. And how do you go about finding out where a mouse is going? We tail him. <laughs> you get it, Molly? He says, how do you find out where a mouse is going? And I said, tail him, which is an expression used by detectives. That's very funny, McGee. <laughs> it is? <laughs> oh, well, I got to get to work. Now, where'd you first see this little uh, Disney dinosaur? <laughs> I saw him coming out from behind the bookcase. The bookcase, eh? <laughs> Smart mouse. The one place in the room where we never go. <laughs> now, look, if I put a little piece of bacon over by the bridge lamp there and stand over here with a shotgun... Oh, no. Huh? No, you don't. You'll shoot no shotguns in here, dearie. Rifle? No. BB gun? No. Slingshot? No. Bow and arrow? No. Well, doggone it, what am I supposed to do? Feed him caramels till his teeth go bad and then hope he gets... <laughs> Hope he gets run all down on his way over to the dentist. <laughs> Padding my part. Now listen, I'll have no violence getting that poor little fella now. So get busy, Master Mine. I gotta go clean upstairs. <laughs> all right, Muffy. Here I come, ready or not. On your guard. Now, the first thing i better do... Come in. Hi, mister. Oh, hello there, little girl. Now, now don't distract me now. I got a problem. Hmm? I says, I got a problem on my hands. I, I got to catch a mouse. How? Well, that's the problem. One way might be to give Uncle Dennis a clarinet and let him march around down here so the mouse would think he was a pie-eyed piper and follow him out. Oh. Okay, okay. Scoff if you want to. But remember, they laughed at Edison, too. Yeah, but they're not laughing at you, mister. Hey, what's the idea of holding your hands up in front of you like that? I'm practicing, I betcha. Practicing for what? You entered in a a patty cake tournament or something? No. Well? I'm practicing carrying a bride's veil. Oh. I'm going to be at Sharon Lee Toops' wedding next week. Oh, you are. Oh, and you're going to hold the bride's veil, eh? Sure. Uh I'm going to walk behind the bride and goon. You mean bride and groom? Have you seen him? (laughs) No, I haven't seen him. No, no. So, I'm going to walk behind the bride and goon and hold up the veil so it doesn't get the carpet all dusty. (laughs) That ain't the reason they hold up the veil, sis. Well, why do they then, mister? Why do they? Why do they? Well, they do that so the veil won't get dusty. Because seven years later, that veil is going to come in awful handy as a curtain for the bathroom window. Uh, Now beat it, sis. I got to catch a mouse. Oh, you're going to use a mouse trap? No, not me. A mouse trap is crude, sis. You see, with me, it's a matter of tragedy. 
Huh? I said it's a matter of tragedy. And there's three kinds of tragedy in cats and mice. You can trap them or trick them or use violence. We ain't got a trap and Mrs. McGee don't want any violence, so I got to trick him. So, you mean it's the mouse's brains against yours, huh? Yes, sir. And when I get... Hey, where are you going? I'm going out and get you a mouse trap. So long, Mr. Out here for. What junk? Oh, that little dinner bell and all the folded newspapers and the electric fan and the stuffed owl and the playing cards. Oh, that's that stuff. I just rigged up a little gadget to get that mouse. Well, how on earth do you expect... Now, now, don't be skeptical, Mrs. McGee. It's perfectly logical. Now, look. The mouse comes out of this little hole in the baseboard here, see? Yes. And when he does, he bumps into the little bell. See? Which makes him think it's Sunday and everybody's away at church. See? That gives him confidence. Yeah, but what if he thinks it's the good humor man? That's ridiculous. Everybody's heard of a church mouse, but who ever heard of a good humor mouse? Well, he got me. Okay. So full, so full of confidence, Mr. Mouse comes walking out into the room. See? I got these newspapers folded up, making a path over to the end table here. Yes. And as he walks along, he trips this string, which turns on the electric fan. See? Oh, yeah. Then I suppose he starts doing a fan band. And he gets arrested, and we're rid of him for 90 days. Now, let's be sensible about this, Molly. As soon as the fan starts, he feels the breeze and thinks he's a field mouse. He looks around, and wow, there's that owl staring right at him, and he dies a heart failure. I tell you, it can't miss. Yes, but uh, what are the three playing cards for? Oh, the ace, king, and queen? Yes. I was going to bury him with simple honor. Maybe it would have been better if I had pretended I never saw that mouse. Oh, no, no, no. Don't get discouraged. I'll get the little varmint. The little what? Varmint. What on earth is a varmint? Well, a varmint is a, well, it's something that, that, that lives around the same place you do. You've heard the old argument, which is more important, heredity or environment. <laughs> For a minute there, I thought I had you, dear. Come in. 
No, he isn't, Mr. Oldtimer. He's out just now. Where'd he go, George? Well, I think he went sailing with some elderly friend of his. What gave you that idea, Molly? Well, I heard him say he was going out and toss some old granddad down the hatch. <laughs> That's pretty good, George. But that ain't the way I heard it. The way I heard it, one fellow says, tell the say, he says. Is it true that Jasper is taking Alaska just to save face? Can't be, says Tubber Fuller. I've seen their face, and I don't know why they should want to save it. <laughs> uh, you say Uncle Dennis ain't around here, kid? No, he isn't, old-timer. What do you want him for? How much does he weigh? Oh, about 170. Why? 170, eh? Let's see, uh, at a cent a pound, that'd be $1.70. Not bad, not bad. What are you talking about, old-timer? What do you mean, a cent a pound? I'm collecting scrap rubber, Johnny. <laughs> Some stations give you a cent a pound. Yes, but Uncle Dennis... is one of the biggest bounders in town, Johnny. <laughs> you know it. Tell him I'll be back. So long, <laughs> I intend that, McGee. You know, Uncle Dennis is not a bounder. No, he's more of a cad. General Motors will pardon the expression. He's not a cad either. He may have his weaknesses, but he's a well-educated, well-mannered gentleman. Mm -hmm. I'll have you know he studied law for several years. Did he graduate? Yes, but he could never pass the bar. <laughs> now, this isn't catching the mouse, dearie. Now, get busy. Hello, folks. Oh, hello, Mr. Wilcox. Hi, Harlow. You got a cat? A cat? Yeah. A cat. C-A-T. Cat. McGee, you rascal, huh? you've been holding out on me. <laughs> I never knew you could spell cat. Oh, I'm sorry, Fibber, I have no cat. Will a cocker spaniel do? Nope, we've got to have a cat. This house is overrun with a mouse. Yes, it scared the daylights out of me this afternoon, Mr. Wilcox. Believe it or not, I was up on top of that table before you could say scat. What? Why, I couldn't jump up there myself with a running start. Well, I don't blame you for being skeptical, but... Yeah, I... no, there's that mouse again. <laughs> See, Hollow? She did it again. Now you believe her? Here, Molly, I'll help you down. McGee, now, do you mean to stand there, the man I used to love, and tell me you just did that to show Mr. Wilcox how far I could jump? <laughs> oh, I didn't want anybody doubting my wife's words, sweetheart. Don't get mushy with me. Here, help me down. There, take my hand, Molly. Now, that's it. Thank you. Now, that's it. Thank you. Did I scratch the table? Got Johnson's wax on it? Yes. No, you didn't scratch it. <laughs> Incidentally, when you go on your vacation this summer, you know what to do first, don't you? Certainly. Hide McGee's mandolin. <laughs> then if we go canoeing, he can do some paddling for once. <laughs> no, that isn't what I meant by preparing for your vacation. What I meant was to go over all the floors and woodwork and lampshades and windowsills and all wood and enamel surfaces with Johnson's wax before you leave. <laughs> I knew you'd get to that before you left, Junior. <laughs> And then when you come back, you'll know your things have been protected against dust and dampness. Because Johnson's Wax seals surfaces against moisture and grit and wear. I know all that, Mr. Wilcox. I take a lot of pride in my housekeeping. I don't know why you got mice. That has nothing to do with it. Anybody can have mice. Anybody can have this one. <laughs> you want it, Junior? No, thanks. <laughs> Incidentally, where are you going on your vacation? Well, we haven't decided, Miss Wilcox, what with saving tires and gas and cutting down on pleasure driving. We probably won't be doing anything very fancy. Hey, I got a great idea, Molly. What say we take a long walking trip? Walking trip? Yeah. Are you serious? No. I thought... <laughs> Why, you even thumb a ride when you go down to the corner to mail a letter. 
How about you, Mr. Wilcox? Oh, I'm going to have a wonderful summer. I'm going to talk to Mike about... Mike? Who's Mike? Well, that's what we call a microphone in radio, Fibber. I'm going to talk to it about Johnson's Wax on our summer show. Oh. Well, I'll see you later. Gee, I've never been so embarrassed in my life. Why did you make me jump up on that table in front of Mr. Wilcox? Embarrassed? Why, I was proud of you, Molly. It ain't every guy that's got a wife that can do a standing high jump of three feet, four inches. No. <laughs> you just say that. No, really. It's hard to believe that anybody as pretty as you could be so limber. Oh, stop it. <laughs> in fact, when I saw that last leap of yours, it made me realize how fond I am of you. What do you mean? Oh, I mean, you you got the kind of a spring that a young man's fancy lightly turns to thoughts of love in. <laughs> Come in. Good day, Mr. McGee. Hello, McGee. Oh, hello, Mayor Latrivia. Hi, right, Latrivia. How's Trick? Oh, Trick is fine. I took her to a nightclub last night. She... Oh! oh. <laughs> Oh, everything's fine. It's fine. Huh? Uh, did you lose something? Oh, you mean because I keep looking around, Mr. Mayor? No. No, there's a mouse here someplace, and I'm a little nervous. Oh, I see. Uh, but what I came over for was about your scrap rubber. Now, don't you worry about that, Mr. Mayor. Tomorrow, McGee is going through the house with a fine tooth comb and take all our scrap rubber over to the filling station. Now, for instance, he has a pair of hip-length fishing boots. Hey, hey, you ain't taking my wading boots. Why, they're practically new. They leak. They don't either. I had them on. Yes, they do. I cut some rubber rings out of them for some fruit jars this spring. <laughs> Wonderful rubber deal. Okay, okay. Can't use my tires to go fishing anyway. Guess. Well, any kind of rubber will do, Mr. McGee. Old hot water bottles, garden hose, tennis shoes. If it's made of rubber and you can possibly spare it, give it. Your filling station man is authorized to give you a cent a pound for it. As one of them said to me this morning, bring your scrap over here so we can finish that scrap over there. Oh. <laughs> or how about turn in your rubber, a pound or an ounce, it will all help our soldiers give Hitler the bomb. <laughs> That's very good, Mr. McGee. Oh, it's nothing. <laughs> Merely an old saying I just made up. <laughs> How's the rubber campaign coming along with Rivia? Splendidly, splendidly. The citizens of Wistful Vista are responding nobly. They realize the time has come to pitch in and help. The time has come, the walrus said, to speak of many things. Of shoes and chips and Johnson's wax and cabbages and things. <laughs> we just want rubber, Mrs. McGee, not uh, shoes or cabbages. Uh, <laughs> oh, she was just quoting from Alice in Wonderland, Latrivia. I know. I was just saying that cabbages are not pertinent to the subject. Are you accusing me of being impertinent, Mr. Mayor? Why, oh, certainly not. I merely remark... Oh, you better be careful what you merely remark, Latrivia. My wife is never impertinent. I didn't say she was impertinent. I only said that cabbages... And don't be so snobbish about cabbages, either. I like cabbages. <laughs> As it happens, I don't care for it. But that's neither here nor there. Oh, he don't like cabbage. Cabbage ain't good enough for him. No. You're a snob, Latrivia. <laughs> I am not a snob. Just because I don't like cabbages... Don't why don't enough. you like it? It always gives me... Never mind why I don't like it. <laughs> You won't talk, eh? Secretly, eh? Here's a supposedly good American mayor of a good American city, and he don't like a good American dish like cabbage. Yes, I wonder if the Dyes Committee knows about this. I don't care! Just because you twist everything I say doesn't mean a thing to me. There's free speech in this country, and I'll say what I mean. That's the spirit, Latrivia. Spoken like a good American. Good for you. A mayor to be proud of. Let's give him three chairs and a tiger. Get three chairs out the dining room, dearie. Okay, but where'll we get a tiger? <laughs> hey, Latrivia, do you know where we can find a good... Never mind. Hey, how would you catch a mouse, Latrivia? I'd import a few Russians. 
They seem to be pretty good at exterminating rats. Good day. <laughs> the King's Men sing, I like a balalaika. Won't you come with me down to the Russian quarter? You will hear a melody strummed by a Russian quarter. that shoebox down there against the wall? What'd you do, sell them off some heavy shoes so you could hear him coming? Now, never mind the destructive criticism. That box is lined with pieces of looking glass. Oh. And a piece of bacon rind in the middle of the box. Yeah. Mouse goes in, grabs the bacon, looks around, sees 57 other mice, he thinks, and gets panicky. Forgets how he got in. Then I reach in, grab him by the tail, and away we go laughing and scratching. <laughs> well, it's just foolish enough to work, but I hope... Come in. Oh, it's Mrs. Uppington. Hello, Abigail. How do you do, Mr. McGee and Mr. McGee? Hi, Abigail. Sit down and fool your metabolism. <laughs> What's on your mind, Abigail? Well, nothing important, my dear. I just wondered if you would care to go shopping with me tomorrow. I'm going to buy some slats for summer. Oh, my gosh. Am I to understand, Mr. McGee, that you disapprove of slats for women? Well, he doesn't exactly disapprove, Abigail. He says they're all right coming towards you, but it's terrible going away. <laughs> Matter of fact, I never knew why they called them slacks. The only slack most women have in them is around the ankles. Well, I'm afraid you have a very mid-Victorian viewpoint, Mr. McGee. And besides, people who live in glass houses, you know. Meaning? Meaning that Mr. McGee somewhat resembles Mr. Abbott on his approach and Mr. Costello on his departure. <laughs> 
yeah. I'm just muscular, that's all. <laughs> he is, Abigail. He's very muscular. Yeah. Oh, I don't doubt it in the least, my dear. <laughs> but I'm afraid he's confused his setting up exercises with his setting down exercises. <laughs> okay, but I'm telling you, I don't like slacks on women. They ain't feminine. Would you expect me to give you my seat in a streetcar if you were wearing slacks, Uppy? Certainly not, Mr. Well. McGee. I should feel very self-conscious taking up all that room by myself. <laughs> well, my dear, would you care to go with me tomorrow? I certainly would. Pick me up here about 10 o'clock now. And if we see some good-looking slacks, I might get some myself. Oh. <laughs> well, good day, and I'll see you in the morning, my dear. All right, Abigail. And, uh, Mr. McGee, huh? I might suggest that you modernize your ideas somewhat. You will admit that slacks for women are a great improvement over the hobble skirt. Not for me, they ain't. Between the hobble and the wobble, I'll take them. McGee. <laughs> Goodbye, Abigail. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. 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 Goodbye.
But there are other less serious problems on which neighborly advice is helpful. For example, if you've discovered how Johnson's self-polishing glow coat protects and beautifies your linoleum floors and saves you hours of work in the bargain, isn't that worth passing on to your friends? Tell them that glow coat actually makes linoleum last six to ten times longer. Tell them that it needs no rubbing or buffing. Shines as it dries. It's on sale by dealers everywhere. The easy-to-use floor polish. Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. Next week will be our last broadcast of the season. Yeah. So, so what? Let's do a simply wonderful show. Let's do something different, unusual. You mean get some new jokes? Oh, there you go. The minute I try to make a suggestion, you go completely fantastic. <laughs> I'm sorry. Same old stuff next week, folks. Good night. <laughs> Good night, all. <laughs> This is Harlow Wilcox speaking and inviting you all to join us again next Tuesday night at this same time. Good night. This program came to you from Hollywood. This is the National Broadcasting Company.